Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Small Talk No More. I've got with me Andrew Smith from Spilt Milk Studios. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Alex. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Excited to be on here. Thank you for having me. Well, no, thank you for being on the show. Um, so would you like to kick it off by explaining who Andrew is and what your experience is? <laughs> yeah, um... I'm a game designer by trade. I founded Spilt Milk Studios in 2010, which is a terrifyingly long time ago. Um, and yeah, I've been I've been designing games since I graduated from university. Um, I've I've known I wanted to get into the industry since I was probably about six or mm. seven, and picked up a copy of Edge magazine that was weirdly out of date in my tiny village <laughs> post office still got very vivid memories of it still got it somewhere actually in, in this in this loft um yeah and i i went through sort of uh, university and and then you know traditional route in sort of triple a game dev and then left that in 2010 to to run my own thing and we've been just making games and hopefully you know making making the industry a slightly better place while we do it that's something that we we believe in strongly um yeah and, and i wear many hats these days so uh, there's like four or five of us in the company now, um, mm. but I'm uh, I'm the sort of creative director, designer. Um, I do the PR and marketing and uh, the business dev as well. So, um, yeah. Wow. Wow, you do like five people jobs. <laughs> yeah, I do. But then so does everyone else in, on the team. So you know, <laughs> it just sounds like oh, I do everything. But no, they're uh, we've got a really good team of like really multi talented people, and uh, yeah, we we all share the the weight of it but it's uh, it's really good fun i mean when when we last spoke we were talking about the hassle and you know how important it is you know to be a hassler when you when you're starting your own company especially if you've been running it for like 10 years plus and i just you know generally didn't expect that you would be a proper hustler there's you know not just doing one job you're doing <laughs> 10 jobs and you know that requires like a huge amount of complete different skills so I think that, yeah, that kind of gives you the badge of like true hustler there. <laughs> I'd love, is that going to turn up in the post? I love the idea of having a badge, true hustler. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it's thicker that you can put that. Yeah, really interesting. Um, so, hey, we're going to play a really quick game. Uh, There's uh, short questions that, uh, you know, require short answers. Uh, and then I've got hopefully a difficult choice for you. So I look forward to that one. Are you ready for the game? Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. Cool, let's do it. So, uh, what's your favorite game? Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nice. Okay. And uh, what's the best holiday you've ever had? Uh, it's th this is actually really tough. Um, do I really, I'm a fan of like city breaks in, in Europe, you know, like mm -hmm. just trying to like smash, smash yeah. places. But uh costa rica was was like it's slightly unfair isn't it like little little towns <laughs> in europe or costa rica but uh yeah costa rica absolutely that's really interesting so what what do you like about costa rica that much oh my god just almost everything like it's just this incredible country that has every kind of like uh uh what's the word um uh, I, i'm in video game land it's every biome it's got like mountains and plains and forests and beaches and just everything you could ever want and the people are amazing and the language is beautiful and the food's incredible and 
yeah, I just, uh, it was a real sort of um, spiritual place for me. I'm not, I'm not like in a, there's a lot of surfers over there. That's not really my thing, but like in, in, other, in yeah. other senses, I just think they've, you know, they do a lot of work for um, uh, conservation as well. I think that's really integral mm. to their like national identity. And I think that's wonderful. I guess there's also in a sp- spiritual side to all of these things. Um, you know, when, when I travel to smaller countries, um, haven't really been to America that much. So to, you know, North or South America, Central America. Uh, but every time they go to a small country in Asia, I feel exactly the same. So, you know, those city breaks are amazing, but, you know, you go there and you just feel like time goes at a different speed and, you know, people are yeah. much friendlier for some reason. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I would understand why you chose Costa Rica as opposed to any European city there. <laughs> Uh, cool. So moving on, uh, I'd like to know what's your least favorite cartoon? Uh, it's such a weird question. I love it. My least <laughs> favorite cartoon. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers the raccoons, which was, um, it was on, at least in England, it was on in like the, I want to say like the late eighties, early nineties, Saturday morning kids TV, mm-hmm. but it was like weirdly kind of somber and creepy. Um, and, and and like the main bad guy was Cyril Sneer, who was like, a, I think it was some kind of aardvark who was just a pure capitalist. He was like Scrooge McDuck, but evil. And um, he was always, he was always trying to like, you know, deforest the land and the raccoons would kind of try and stop him. And all I have is just like this sort of morose sense of melancholy <laughs> left over every time I think about it. And it's just, yeah, I'm not even sure I could go back and watch it. It just makes me sad thinking about it. <laughs> Definitely not something that you will share with kids. No. <laughs> no. cool okay so moving on is uh what's a game that you regret playing oh my days um so again this is really tough because like a part part of me wants to say oh like something that was really good that kind of reset my expectations because i'll never meet them as a dev right like something that just like made yeah. me go well you know throw the hat in um but um to be honest oh, oh. There's a few. If I'm if I'm being, it's cruel though, isn't it, to name bad games? Um, it came my regret playing. I'm going to go somewhere in the middle. So I did some QA way back when, and it was uh, on a game called Extreme G3, which was like a really fast racing game. And um, mm. I actually ended up getting RSI during the QA period. So um, wow. it meant that any time I used a PS2 controller, one of the triggers, I, I even now I have like a slight slight yeah. pain in one finger, and it's like, well, um, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's not to blame on the game. I guess that's to blame with your anger when you're playing there. Well, exactly right. I was clearly squeezing too hard. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's move on to another difficult choice. You've got three things to choose from: time, money, and games. You can keep two, and the other one you will <laughs> never have. Oh. Um, I've got to throw money out. I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, like time. You can't like time is is priceless, right? Time is completely invaluable. Like like it's just the most most precious thing. Um, and if I had all the money in the world, I'd probably just spend quite a lot of it on games. So, <laughs> and if I've already got the games, then that's fine, right? So I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> throw money money away. <laughs> You're going to have to replay a lot of games then. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, cool. Moving on. Um, tell me who's someone you trust. 
Um, my partner Colette. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. Corny okay. answer, but <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's important that you trust her. It would be bad if you didn't. It's very true. <laughs> Um, now, piece of advice. Uh, if you could give uh, your 20-year-old self a piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, boy. Um, so many things. Um, I would probably tell myself to like spend a little bit more time on, on like, getting, like, getting dressed on clothes. I'm not exactly <laughs> like... <laughs> I just look back and I'm like... Why did why did I let other people dress me so much? Like why didn't I like develop an interest in in fashion and stuff? I find it really interesting these days. I'm not the most fashionable person, but like I find it all very interesting from a creative point of view. And I'm like mm. I could have started, you know, getting him in, into that a little earlier. I think that would have been quite quite good. I mean, it's never too late, I guess. Um, exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Um, finally, <laughs> I would like to know. Um, I'm going to rephrase this last question, I guess. Uh, more than mm looking to know what's the best thing about working in games i actually actually would like to know what's the best thing about running your own business in the gaming industry okay um yeah the best thing i suppose people would expect it to be like oh i get to be my own boss and do my own thing and that's all really good but honestly i'm i'm at a point now and that you know that was the driver for me initially when i set up the company but um mm -hmm nowadays it's working with incredible people on on projects and and helping them do incredible work like that's you know as a business we're in a, a like sort of a privileged position in some ways you know we're not we're not super successful we don't have loads of money in the bank but what we do have we're able to you know deploy to like nurture talent and and bring people into our like little little development studio and and help them get better and help them stretch and grow and that's just like it's incredible feeling right like you can't really beat mm. that and I I would have that at other places I guess but running the studio means I get to decide that that's what happens with it right like there's never anything that's going to stop me doing that and that's probably the best thing. Cool. Okay. Um, I find this um a really nice point to start talking about the main part of this uh, interview which is you started as a freelancer originally and then developed spilt mill to what it is right now and um i guess i'd like to understand how the whole process has been because at the end of the day building your own company is first of all is very challenging but then at the same time it's uh, it, it can be kind of a lonely road. So um, mm. on your journey from, you know, 2010 until now, uh, has there been any mentors that have been chipping in um, or how, how has it been that whole process of going on your own onto what it is now? Oh, yeah, that is that is the crucial part of it. I think the you know, finding people to support you whilst you, you undertake this incredible, you know, um, challenge i suppose uh so very early on uh one of the things that i was incredibly keen to do was um be quite open about the the process of making games right you know one of the things that we mm -hmm. we, we went sort of at least early on we were quite known for was you know our presence on twitter and social media and being very open and, and um having a, an opinion on everything um <laughs> but but part and parcel of that was um you know going to lots of events you know either talking at them or 
being on panels, you know, just putting your hand up anytime anyone asks for, uh, like, oh, does someone want to do this? Someone got an opinion for that, whatever. And um, at one of these events, I'm, I sat and watched a talk uh, by a guy called Nicholas Lovell, um, who I thought was really interesting. And the way he thought about the business of games was something mm. that I hadn't really considered. And I was aware in some form that, you know, that was a, a skill set that I don't have, right? I come at it from the creative point of view. So uh, I made a point of going up to him afterwards and, and just saying, hey, thought your talk was great. Can I buy you a drink and maybe ask some questions? And, you know, fast forward um, a few months and he's kind of interested in in becoming a, a non-executive director and helping us out as a, as a studio with all of that stuff, right? And, and that just came mm-hmm. from that sort of, it was almost a bit pig-headed and stubborn, the sort of attitude we had towards being loud, right? It was, it was it's not so much like, it, you know, um, any news is, is, is worth, there's a, there's a saying, right? I can't remember what it is, but, you know, like uh, uh, all news is good news or whatever it is, right? Like we don't want to hit the tabloid headlines and stuff, but like being, being opinionated and being like having your studio's name on, on people's minds, you know, frequently enough um mm. led led to that and and just having that attitude of like look we might not know everything but at least we're talking about it and trying to figure it out and and we're sort of trying to do that in a way that we're not being selfish with the knowledge um mm. so obviously i think he'd heard of us and you know and and so there was like a, a it made that sort of introduction a little easier and that process a bit more sort of simple i guess um and he's been completely in, invaluable this whole time you know he's he's stuck with us this whole time yeah, um, I, th- I think there's actually something that it's uh, really interesting to hear, the fact that you're always very honest and you're not trying to oversell it. It's, you know, this is what it is. And, you know, there's there's no trying to add any sort of um, decorations on, on what you're trying mm. to sell. It's the fact that, you know, there's something that we want to talk about. We don't know all the information about it, but still we want to talk about it to generate some sort of conversation. And at the end of the day, you know, by being called out on on the, on not knowing about something is the way that you can actually stretch that knowledge, I guess. Um, exactly. So, um, how how important has been this sort of mentorship all the way until where you are now? And um, I'm guessing as well, um, how easy or difficult has it been to both get mentors and new partnerships uh, during all that process. So yeah, the the mentoring that he's given us has been like incredible, and and it sort of fluctuates in some senses because you know he's not we're not his only concern. So naturally, you know you're sort of competing for an element of his time, but also you know the the goal was growing the business, and so any time we you know stepped up and we maybe oh we've successfully pitched the game, we've we're developing that like his his role there would would sort of become less impactful on the day-to-day right so it was, it was mm-hmm. always there about planning and, and looking ahead and, and that continues to this day um and you know we've spent 10 years sort of figuring out who we are if you like um and now we're like looking ahead to right where do we want to be you know and that was all part of the process for us and some companies are like they start out that way they're like right we've got the plan and everything and, and i didn't and that's you know that's fine we, like it's really mm-hmm. hard to sort of regret any of that because of all the amazing stuff that we've been doing um, and, and all the opportunities we've had and the people we've met. Um, but um, like, yeah, like moving, moving forward, it's really interesting because 
some of the stuff that you know we've we've been talking over like even five six years ago is becoming more relevant now some of it's less mm. relevant you know the markets change and all this kind of stuff so there's always there's always a need to have that that mentorship and someone to to particularly for us to bring us out of what we know which is you know how to make a game and and everything around that and and look ahead as as a business right because like you say we kind of went from being a company with with me as the only employee and essentially working freelance to mm. signing deals with publishers and building teams and you know uh all, all of the ups and downs along the way um so having someone to like pull you out of the weeds and and make sure you've got an eye on something else you know what's like now is good but what's the next step and then just sort of like doubling down on that um as as we move forward uh is is really interesting um and i think to your sort of second point like his relationship with us and 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 that is informed how i've built relationships with other people right so now um you know we're mentoring people we have interns you know through various like mechanisms and and just knowing that that's something that we feel really strongly about you know and it meshes with that whole being open you know it wasn't it wasn't something that we planned but now that we know that we enjoy doing it it's valuable to us as a studio and we're good at it Mm. then that's like oh okay that's a core thing for us that's actually part of our identity and that's something that had just grown right that had just evolved out of all those relationships rather than being a oh hey one of our pillars is this and it's like well sure it, it, we can identify it as that now but the whole time it was growing that was just something that 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 grew naturally and i think it's probably better yeah. and stronger for it right hmm. um i'm guessing that as well something that's really important especially if you growing from being on your own to actually having a full team is um actually the the revenue that your games are generating. So I've got this question for you, which is um, between money and the concept. So um, I guess this is going for, what is it more important to you now after 10 years? Is it focusing on a game generating money or is it building the concept and then looking for those people that will buy it afterwards? So it, we lean towards the latter, right? It's got to be a creatively led um, endeavor for us. And that's that's not something that I would say is right for everybody. But it, I think games particularly is a very, you know, video games are very creative, very collaborative effort. So from uh, from the point, from almost any angle that I can look at it as, a, you know, putting a business hat on and looking at the problem of new game, what do we do? Um, you know, like you say, you've got, you've, how do you market it? How do you find a market? Well, it has to have a hook for that to happen, right? You have to compete somehow. It has yeah. to have something unique, right? Um, how do you build the best team around it? Again, it has to be exciting and interesting and slight, like different in some way to get that that talent. Um, how do you land funding? Same. You know, every 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 angle, how do you how do you sustain your passion for it through let's say it's a year to two years development mm. and then maybe it's successful and you've got another four or five years of, of, of extra content for it or sequels and ports. How do you maintain your passion? It's got to have something that hooks you, right? That that you just passionately believe in, and that could be tech. It could be absolutely. That's still a, I think, a creative thing because of the way that we interact with them in in games. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, for us, it's creative first, and then you have all these series of checks that get a little bit more realistic along the way to market, right? So, first thing is, this sounds like a great idea. Cool. Let's let's scribble out some ideas and figure out if we've got a, 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 our own version of that. What would it look like? Then you go right, okay. Knowing how much money we've got to spend and how much, like how our contacts are, and you know, with publishing things, do we think with a rough idea on how long it will take and how many people we'll need, 
that we can find that money you know um cool okay next step you know uh okay let's let's dive into some more details and start prototyping and and does it have legs can we get someone to play it um that isn't us and how does that go down and then okay that reaffirms some things and do they are they in the market segment that we kind of thought it might appeal to all all that stuff you know so the closer you get to launch the more sort of realistic and data-driven you get but but it's all coming off of that original idea right and and you need um, you need a north star in any creative mm. project, right? The amount of people that get involved, especially these days with remote working being so you know like necessary, um, you need to be able to have something to point to and go, you know, hey, I wanted to put this in, but there's an option to do that. And you're like, well, how do you measure the value of those two things and against each other? And it's like, well, the creative thing at the top, you know, the thing that started it all, should give you that that insight. That's really interesting, actually. So um, how often has it happened to you guys that you start with a concept and then as you get closer to that reality point where you keep going through all of these checks? Uh, how often has it happened that you started with this game that seemed like an amazing concept, but you actually had to drop it? Um, for us, it, we tend to drop it quite early. So we've rarely got to the prototyping phase of actually, you know, making something playable and, and ditched it. I think maybe, well, we've worked on so many, but like, I would, I would guess it's probably like 50, 50, Mm. something like, something like that. Um, I'm trying to think because like some of our projects don't really fit in that process. Like, you know, sometimes we've, we've just pitched an idea in response to something else and this, that, and the other. But, um, but yeah, I think of the ones that we have like creative control over, I would say it's probably about half survive. Um, and honestly, that's probably too many. We're probably not being quite, you know, incisive enough and brutal mm-hmm. enough with ourselves. Um, yeah. No, I think it's a really good success rate, actually. And then um, I, I guess one last thing that I'd like to know is you mentioned interns earlier. So um, mm. how how important are interns um, and, you know, getting fresh meat, fresh, fresh talent uh, coming into the team? It's It's been tremendous for us. Um, so we've only recently been able to um, actually take advantage of... of the offer of placements. So uh, we are part of a group um, in in Farringdon in central London that has a shared office for game devs and and associated um, companies. Mm-hmm. So there's a games marketing company, there's a publisher there, and a whole bunch of devs. It's called the Tentacle Zone. And um, when we moved in, you know, they have the room. Like we were able to go right. We can have an intern in for a couple of weeks. We can pay like a cheap rate for the extra seat. There's a PC lying around. Someone will give us something, and we we're able to make it work. So for the longest time, you know, even though we were interested in the idea, we weren't able to kind of act upon it. But ever since we were able to, which was just over a year ago now, um, it's been fantastic. And it's something that, that along with the mentoring, I think the two things go hand in hand. And we're able to, so for a small company like ours, quite quite brut- like brutally speaking, it just means we have more people able to do more work, right? Like, And that's mm. that's purely sort of a mercenary way to look at things, you know? Um, but, you know, we structure it in a way that means that they actually get a credit on a game. That's our, like, that's our number one thing. So if they come in as, as an intern, we will put them onto a project. Maybe it's a new project, you know, maybe it's something that we will do with them specifically, or maybe it's something we're working on, but it's something that they, by the time they've graduated, they will have a credit on a real game. And that hopefully is 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 really valuable to them. You know, that's the gets the foot in the door. Um, and, so, and we treat them 
So we treat them with uh, an expectation that they will work with us, you know, hand in hand. We don't really pander to a lack of experience other than to not get upset or, you know, or, or ask too much of them when they get things wrong due to inexperience, right? Mm. That's the best way. So we're sort of throwing them in the deep end, but we're also in the deep end with them, right? Swimming at the same time. And so we're yeah. able to, to help them out. And um, and it's help, it helps us grow, right? So every time we have the interns leave, we do an exit interview because we don't have like a turnover of staff. You know, we're still small. Yeah. So we get to learn about how to handle people who are more like like from different countries and, you know, different uh, cultural and ethnic backgrounds and all of that wonderful stuff that just means that when we do come to hire, we're going to be much better at it and we're going to be much better for those hires, right? We're going to be a better place to work. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's like a really... You know, it's just a thing that kind of we help them, they help us, and 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 it's just mm. making sure that you're aware of you know this this is an opportunity for both sides and make it worthwhile and and everyone's happy. Cool. Okay. Um. So, Andrew, I think that I'd like to wrap up all of this uh, chat with um, more advice. So it seems that there's been a, a common topic around uh, everything today, which has been mentorship development and. There's been obviously you just spoke about your your intern scheme, so I'd like to maybe wrap it up with your top three tips for gaming studios. <laughs> of course, there are so many more than than three, um, yeah. <laughs> but I'll I'll try and make them useful or relevant. So um, I think that you need to define success for yourself. I think this is like a life tip anyway as well, but like specifically mm-hmm. as a as an independent studio, are you trying to get an award? Are you, you know, is that the point of this game? Um, is success for you signing a publishing deal and getting to make this game with a bigger team than you have right now, right? Is it mm. making uh, the top 10 on Steam? Know what it is that you're trying to achieve, what, what is success for you, and then, and then that will help you, right? That We talked about like having a guiding star earlier. That's, mm. that's something that will help you through the dark times, right? And write it down. That's my second tip. Write everything down. So... Uh, you know, when you're a proper company and you have a board of directors, you're supposed to have a director's meeting and, and take notes and all of this boring stuff, take minutes. But like just the value in having a document somewhere where you're like, what is this success that we've talked about? You know, we've mm. chatted about it as a team, we've agreed this and what's the reason. And then if you're ever in a position where you're like, oh, what are we doing? You can go back and you can look at that thing, right? And so it saves so much time and and wasted sort of fretting and stress and anxiety if you're able to just go what was me six months ago thinking and you can look at it and you can think oh i agree no that's you know the the reasoning makes sense and and i was right to come to that conclusion i'll carry on and i'm reassured or you can go wow i have new information that makes that completely redundant and i'm happy that i checked because i can course correct and i think that's really crucial Uh, and the third tip is be way more honest with yourself because I know for a fact that as creators we tend to like you sell a dream a lot right you're trying to Mm. sort of there's a game at the end of the next like year and a half but it doesn't exist right now but you've got to convince everyone how much fun it absolutely will be so we're so in that mode of like essentially selling right like to people to individuals to yourself this idea but you need to also be able to put on this different hat and check that like that part of you and just go hang on hang on hang on you know like we've just taken it to a a show and like people were saying nice things about it well hang on what were they doing were they saying thanks for letting me play were they saying oh i really liked it and then walking off 
that's not enough. Are they bringing their friends back? You know, um, mm. are they spending every half an hour every day coming back over the course of the weekend and, and playing your game and then giving you like actual insightful advice? Um, you know, there's there's so many ways that you need you, you're able to find like useful data, but you need to like basically stop lying to yourself, which is like a really harsh thing right. to say, right? But like <laughs> we're all guilty of it in some you know to some degree, and I think it's just really important to just yeah. check yourself, look in the mirror, and go. Honestly, though, come on, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's my three for, for today. If you were to ask me tomorrow, I'd probably give you another three, but, uh, you know. No, I think especially this last tip, I find it really interesting, especially coming from a creative, because something that I guess a lot of creatives try to run away from is criticism. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. getting, getting the bubble burst and, um, you know, just realizing that what, what what they imagine that they can see happening in the future is not really what is going to happen. So I think that it's um, really interesting to actually hear from um, from you that, you know, you've had all of these many years of experience and you, you, you actually say you need to understand that you need to accept reality. You need to look for valuable feedback. And I think there's... I, you you can apply that to many many other things in life. So, um, <laughs> yeah, really really interesting, Andrew. Thank you so much for for your insights, for your advice, and yeah, I look forward to to your next uh, title whenever it's, it's ready. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure, um, and yeah, hopefully someone out there finds something useful. And um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting business to be in. That much I will say. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much and I'll see you soon.